What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello, and today we are going to start off with a blockbuster trade, a very big trade. Um, there were a lot of pieces, but obviously the biggest one is James Harden was sent to the New York, or sorry, Brooklyn Nets. Um, Gabe, you want to start off with this? Uh, yeah, I mean... Just obviously a massive deal. There are four teams involved. I think one of the biggest winners in this trade was actually the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they gave up pretty much nothing. They gave up Dante Exum and Radonis. Correct me, Rafa, can you say this name? I'm really bad with this. It's, it's Radonis something. Yeah, Kukusis or something like that. Yeah. But Dante Exum... Averaging fewer than four points in well, 19 minutes a game. it's not just that. I mean, it well, was also a 2022 first-round pick. Right, but the player part yeah. was that Josh – not Josh Allen, Jared Allen having a breakout season, career high in points, rebounds, and blocks, averaging a double-double. And that was in not a very big role in the Brooklyn Nets. I'm excited to see what he can do. Cavs are building a nice young core with Sexton, Garland, Decoro, and now Jared Allen. Um, yeah, and um, uh, I, one thing I wonder is, you know, what what are they going to do? They got Jared Allen and Andre Drummond. Are they going to trade Drummond? Well, Drummond's a free agent at the end of the season, so they might try to trade him at the before the trade deadline to try to get some value out of him, but I think they might just let him walk. Yeah. Um, I don't get what the Rockets are doing. I mean, I think what they, the reason they gave away Allen – is because they want to stick with their idea of three is better than two. We're not going to have a real center. What I don't understand is that worked very well when you had Russell Westbrook and James Harden. You don't have either of your two best players now. You build to who your players are, and right now that's running what you would consider a regular one with one big man, and Christian Wood's going to be forced to play the five and in the paint some, and they should not have traded Jared Allen even though they got a first-round pick for it. Right. I mean, I don't really get the motivation behind the Rockets here. I mean, obviously Harden pretty much forced his way out of Houston. But why not just keep Karis LeVert? Why, like, why flip him for an older, in my opinion, nearly not as good Victor Oladipo when you can build towards the future? But I think the Rockets still were a winner in this trade because they got – four first-round picks, and four unprotected first-round pick swaps, right? They are building a Oklahoma City Thunder type of type But, of yeah, I mean, you look at this. Yes, um, Karis LeVert last year averaged 18.7 points per game versus Oladipo's last full year, which was 23.1 points per game. But Oladipo's last full year was the 2017-2018 season. And and um, he's very injury prone. And last year, you know, when Karis LeVert was the best player on the Nets in the bubble, he played very well. And in the minutes he got last year, he played very well. I definitely think right now LeVert is a better piece to have than Oladipo. What I don't understand is, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But you're swapping LeVert and Oladipo. And then the team that's getting LeVert gets the 2023 second-round pick, even though I think he's – a better asset right now. I think it was a great trade by the Pacers. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, in the bubble last year, in the first round versus the Raptors, he played excellent, right? I He was the star of that team. You know, he wasn't a star, but he was the clear best player on the team. He was running the floor. He was playing excellent. And he's played great in the minutes he's got this season. Obviously not a very big role with their star-studded lineup. But I feel like as I think mm, – not the best player on the Pacers because it's DeMontis Sabonis, but the best guard on the Pacers, in my opinion. I think he's better than Malcolm Brogdon. I think he'll do very well. Yeah. I mean, and I understand. I think, I mean, it's a great trade for the Rockets. You have a disgruntled James Harden, and you managed to get, like, four picks and four swaps for um, – not, not completely because there was some in the next trades, but around that for – um, plus um, Levert and Jared Allen for James Harden. If you're the Rockets, you keep that. You have that trade and you call it a day. And it's a great trade. And then you give away Jared Allen and Levert for, for just not as good assets. Right. I mean, if they kept the original trade with Levert and Allen, they still would have gotten four pick, pick swaps and they still wouldn't got, would have gotten three unprotected first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, I don't right. understand what you're doing there. Oh. And, I mean, Jared Allen, the center they need now that Harden and Westbrook is gone, so they need to run a traditional offense. Good on defense, and he's a good rebounder. Okay? Right. That's exactly what they need. He was, he would fit perfectly into a Clint Capella-type role when he was with yeah. the Rockets. And don't get me wrong. Last year, the Rockets should not have had a center. This year without James, where Mike D'Antoni's not their coach and they don't have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they do. And the Karis LeVert thing. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, I I don't – I really, really just don't understand their thinking behind this. I can't can't stress it enough. The Rockets still still did good in this trade, but if they kept the original trade, they would have been the clear winners in my opinion. Yeah, they would have done much better and still had a bunch of picks to move forward on. Right. I think the biggest loser in this trade was none of the teams that actually got any players, but was the Philadelphia 76ers. They're reportedly in arms race with the Nets for James Harden. They obviously wound up on the losing end. That not only means they miss out on adding James Harden to a team that jumped out before to an excellent 7-1 start before, obviously, they got hit with the COVID bomb. But I think... They now also have to deal with the Durant, Harden, Kyrie, Nets in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And Ben Simmons now knows that he was available in trade talks, which could even more disrupt the Sixers squad. There's already, in the past, experienced chemistry problems. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's definitely not a good situation for the Sixers. The Sixers have done much better than I thought they would do this year. You know, I thought they were going to go in and be a kind of a big disappointment. But Embiid and Simmons have seemed to learn how to play together more. But obviously, this is a big loss for them, not being able to get Harden. I mean, imagine having Simmons on defense and then Harden and Embiid on offense. But... Right now, I think something to say is I don't think this is a very bold statement when I say right now the Nets have the best roster in basketball. Yeah, I, I think I agree. They're definitely not as deep as they obviously were before with that trade, but they still have uh, Joe Harris, who will who, he'll start now, yeah. right? He'll start at the three. I think they have three roster spots that are open now because of these trades. 
they pick up the right guys and they can make them work, I think they'll do really well in the playoffs. But the only their only downfall, I guarantee this will be, how first-year head coach Steve Nash can handle the personalities of Kyrie Irving, who might not even be on the Brooklyn Nets much longer, yeah. the way he's acting. And obviously the kind of wild personality of James Harden as well. Um, how can Steve Nash learn to handle those two? Yeah, I think it's um, interesting. I think Steve Nash is a good coach. I mean, I, I'm, I think everyone was criticizing the hire, right? People said he's not a coach. It's, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be a good fit. I've liked Steve Nash and what he's done. But um, I think it, the biggest question is you have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Three people that like to score. Three people that like to have the ball in their hands. How are they going to work together? Especially James Harden. James Harden does not pass a lot. No. He's kind of like a Russell Westbrook type guy. Oh, no, I'll give it to no, Westbrook. I'll give it to Westbrook. He pa- he passes. Russell Westbrook passes. James, James, Harden. Harden, James Harden racks up garbage time assists well, and James does not Harden. pass the ball. But he, kind of, he, he sometimes forces the ball to stat pad a little. Yeah, I mean, I do think James – I mean, you can't compare the two. James Harden's a great shooter. Right. I think that right now the best player on the Nets is Kevin Durant, and James Harden's going to have to accept that. Yeah, I, I um, agree. I think the the Achilles injury has really not damaged Kevin Durant as much – nearly as much as people thought it would. Yeah. Um, and the question is whether we're – because and you say they're not as deep. Obviously, they're not as deep. They lost Jared Allen and Karis Gilbert. But – they, the, I mean, you look at their bench and with the moves they've made this offseason. Right now, off the bench, they don't have like Karis Levert, or I mean, sorry, Joe Harris coming off the bench is a person that would definitely be a starter on most teams, but but is off the bench. They don't have like stars off the bench anymore. But they still have solid role players off the bench. They have Jeff Green, who was good for the Rockets last year. Bruce Brown is even fine. Landry Shamit, I think, is an underrated player. Although he's not been playing great this year. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was kind of an underrated trade when they made it because I I yeah. rated him when he was with the Clippers, but he hasn't been great this year. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, he hasn't gotten too many opportunities. To be no, fair. especially with a stacked yeah. Nets roster, but. You, their bench before was filled with Carousel, Joe Harris, yeah, and DeAndre Jordan. Of course. Now, yeah. now they have to move DeAndre Jordan and Joe Harris up to the starting line. They have to get I, rid I of Carousel. I don't think moving Joe Harris to the starting lineup. No, it, it's not a bad thing whatsoever, but it takes away from the depth they had. Yeah, of course. And I think, I think it's pretty obvious to say the worst person in their starting lineup is DeAndre Jordan. A better center would be nice, but um. Uh, right. Hey, I, if, if they even wanted to go with the Rockets route and start Jeff Green, they could. I'm not yeah, saying they should, I, but they could. I don't know if that would work so well, but I think you can compare the value of an NBA center to the value of an NFL running back a little bit. If they are not greatly needed in a championship roster, but they are a great boost if you have an excellent one. If you know what I'm trying to say, right? You can do fine without a great one, but a great one is a great help. 
Well, I think the difference is if you have a bad running back, you don't have to completely, you know, change your game plan around it if you still have a good O-line. If you have a, if you don't have good centers, you do kind of need to change your game plan around it. Right. But I think the value of an NBA center is not as great as some as other positions of basketball. Just like the one that just like a one in a Honestly, as I, think, I think basketball is a pretty positionless game, and if you're a good player, you're a good player. It's not like Christian right. – it's not like Saquon Barkley, who was great but did nothing for the Giants, who but hasn't actually made the Giants have much better records. It's not like that. If you are a very good center, you will help your team. Right. Very good record. See what you mean. Um, I, think, I think another big loser from this – trade there aren't there weren't many but Terry and Prince especially now he was he was with he was a role player for a championship contending team which is way better than the role he's gonna get in Cleveland he's gonna have to be a mentor which isn't bad necessarily but he's a veteran on a team that's probably not gonna make the playoffs this year and I, I think I would rather be a role player on a championship team I mean, Torian Prince is 26. He's not a veteran. Compared to the other players on that roster that get those types of minutes that he will on the Cavs, yeah, he's more of a veteran. I mean, Sexton, Sexton. I don't think. I want to call him a veteran. So a veteran was a bit of an was a bit of an overstatement, but older guy for the for the roster. Yeah, Torian Prince is young, dude. He's not. He's young, but he's not going to improve at all. I'm telling you this right now. He's not going to improve at all. I think he can improve a little bit. I don't think he's a future player. I said, you know, I think Nets fans overrate Dorian Prince. I think they all say he's kind of very pretty good, and I think he's he's a fine player. He's an average player. I don't think he's you know a very good player, but he's solid. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, I think I I will say this once again. The biggest winner in this trade was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I I, I maybe the Rockets, but I think it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Pacers. Pacer. Uh, forgot about the Pacers. I'm still gonna say the Cleveland Cavaliers just for argument's sake. But Jared Allen again, career high in points, 11.2, rebounds ten and a half, blocks one and a half. Excellent defender, great rebounder, young. Only gave they gave up only Dante Exum and the guy whose name I can't pronounce and a first round pick, which is a which is a fair fair load. But now you you have a what I would call I wouldn't call great, but I would have a good young core moving forward. I I like Isaac Okoro. I really like the duo of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland together in the backcourt. I really, I really, really like Jared Allen. Not only because of his afro, but just because of his playing style. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing, points can be deceiving. Jared Allen only has 11 points, but don't let, don't let that um, change your mind about him. He's a great on defense and great, um, and great, um, a good rebounder. Um, and I'd say... Well, I'd say, yeah, you can say that the Cavs are the biggest one. But I think for straight-up-wise, you could also make an argument that it's the Pacers. Um, just because they, uh, they swapped two good players and got the better one plus a second-round pick. 
it doesn't get too much better than that. And I feel like one thing we haven't talked about enough is the biggest person in the trade, and that's James Harden. Right. We we have not really talked about James Harden a whole lot. I if you want if you want my prediction, it's not going to work out in Brooklyn. I'll tell you this first. What I think, think the I think I think the roster. The, the roster level will deceive a lot of people. I just don't think the two massive personalities of Kyrie Irving and James Harden are going to hold up. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and, and Clay Thompson work together. That's completely different. They're completely different. Clay Thompson is by no means a big personality like James Harden. Is. Yeah, but they're all great players that were able to share the ball. Right. Once again, James Harden, Clay Thompson has never been the first choice in his entire career. He, he's no, he knows how to shoot the ball. Steph Curry, great natural passer, wasn't really a surprise when he learned to share the ball with Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant kind of became the first option on, the, on those Warriors teams, right? I think he was the best player on those teams. Yeah. This is completely different. Kyrie Irving, nowhere near as good of a passer as Stephen Curry is, and has a massive personality, sitting out games to go to family gatherings, breaking rules. I don't even know if he's going to be playing another game for the Brooklyn Nets. He was ruled out for the next two games already. Kevin Durant is the only player on that team of those three big stars that we know for sure can share the ball with another big star. James Harden struggled to do it with Westbrook. And I would not be surprised if he struggled to do it again with Kyrie and KD. Well, yeah, I have a question. I mean, if you're Kyrie Irving, or not if you're Kyrie Irving, if you're the Nets, and you get an offer for like two two first round picks and a solid guard, a solid young guard for Kyrie Irving. Would you take that? Yes, 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 I would. No, I had him in my top fifteen players in the league just a few weeks ago. But if you if you are sitting out six to eight games in a row to go to family gatherings and just take personal breaks and violate COVID rules, and violate COVID rules. That you don't want that player on your team. You don't want that player on your team. If you get that type of an offer, two first round picks, good young guard. Don't know who the young guard is, but I'll yeah. trust you. I'll take your word on a good young guard. I do that. Yeah. I, that is not someone I want. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Kyrie Irving back to Cleveland? Question mark. Darius Garland and two first round picks. <laughs> that that would be interesting to say the least. But I I just. It's not going to work out, and it's not, it's just not going to work out. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think they might definitely be better off getting those assets and trading Kyrie, but um, I think we'll have to see. Um, also, the I mean, the big thing is the Rockets got so much trade cap. Um, sorry, draft capital. Yeah. I mean, they got so many picks. They definitely have a bright future going all the way down to twenty twenty six. Right. I mean, they they traded for. For, for for seventh graders, basically. That's what they just did. Brooklyn 2022, Brooklyn 2024, Brooklyn 2026, Milwaukee 2022, unprotected first-round picks. Four unprotected picks from Brooklyn, 2021, 23, 25, 27. That, that is wild. That is a guaranteed first-round pick, pretty much, if you don't trade them, every single year up until 2027. Although you know what happened last time something like this happened to the Nets, Kevin Kevin Garnett yeah, that... from the Celtics, and <laughs> and they got like all of their future picks. 
Yeah. It definitely didn't work out too well for them. Yeah, but hopefully they hold on to draft picks and yeah. use them right. Because I I've kind of have a soft spot for the Brooklyn Nets. Don't know why I like their uniforms, well, <laughs> like New York City. But well, Yeah, I mean, my mom's from Brooklyn, so I have a little bit of one, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's move on here to our brand new segment. We're doing do this every Friday. We are going to do a rankings Friday. We're going to give a list or a ranking of something. And this week, it is our top 10 sports movies of all time. Um, all right, I guess I can start off. Um, um, I think we both have some honorable mentions. Um, yeah. I have... I actually have a lot. I have five honorable mentions. I know. Um, I just I felt have, I just felt there were that many movies that deserved to be on this. Yeah, list. I only have two honorable mentions. So, so um, I'll definitely Rafa, run through first. these. I'll definitely run through these quicker than I will the top ten. But um, uh, I'll start off. I had Miracle on mine. I think it would be in the top ten, except for the fact that I'm just not much of a hockey fan. I mean, it's a very movie. They have one of the best speeches for a sports movie of all, maybe the best. But um, but yeah, it's a great movie. Um, then I have Bad News Bears. I mean, it's just a it's it's a hilarious movie. You got this 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 old you know this old um, drunken dr- drunken dude. Um, uh, this old drunken dude who's you know, trying to coach a team, um, who's trying to coach a team, and he just does a bunch of crazy stuff, but ends up teaching them how to play so well, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. Uh, then I got Invincible. Uh, it's a football movie about, it's a true story about a player named Vince Papale, who was a special teamer for the Eagles, but he started in the NFL as a walk-on when he was like 30, and it's a story of how, you know, he was a 30-year-old rookie and came on. Then I have The Pride of the Yankees. Um, great movie. Very, very emotional, sad movie. I mean, one of the best scenes ever is the Lou Gehrig speech, of course. Um, and, yeah, obviously, mostly the story of Lou Gehrig. It's a great movie. Then my last honorable mention is Glory Road. Um it's a movie about the Texas Western College basketball team who had, I think, an all an all black starting five lineup in in 1966, and they beat Kentucky. Well, I don't know if they beat Kentucky to win the national championship, but they beat Kentucky in the tournament. Tournament and Kentucky, you know, the coach was like a very racist coach, and the it's the story of how they went up to win the national championship. That's my yeah. Life. Hearing your honorable mentions made me think I forgot a lot of movies that I would have in my honorable mentions here. I have two. I have a controversial one first. I have Hoosiers is being left outside my top ten. I can't believe that. To, to be fair, I saw the movie first when I was like seven years old. It's a very talkative movie. Seven-year-old me was not interested. And I've only seen it once since. So if I give it another watch, maybe it'll make my way into the top 10. And my other one is Miracle, pretty much for the same exact reason as you stated. 
I great mean, movie, just not a hockey fan. I'll, I'll talk about Hoosiers more when I get to there. I think it's preposterous that you have them in your honorable mentions. But I'll start off. I know it's I know it's crazy because I had five honorable mentions, but I also have a 10A and a 10B. There were just two. There was just a movie that was a little bit behind, but I, unlike the other ones, I just couldn't keep it off the top 10. And the 10B is The Blind Side. Um, and it's a great movie. It's Sandra Bullock, obviously, did a great job. The story of Michael Orr, former Raven, um, who um, came up. He was homeless and how this family, you know, helped him out. It was actually a book that I read, and then they turned it into a movie. Um, and it's just a great performance by the cast, and it's a very good movie. Then my 10A is Remember the Titans. Um, great football movie. Um, it's about, you know, the integration of schools and then uh, the fo- the high school football team with black and white players coming together to play for a team. And it's a very good movie. Yeah, that's funny because my number 10 is The Blind Side and my number nine is Remember the Titans. So that worked out pretty well there. Blind Side, it's, a kind of, it's an interesting movie. I think the book, I've, I've never read it. Now thinking about it, I've never read the book should at some point but guy foster homes keeps running away he's homeless brought in by a family your classic just feel good yeah football story two movies on my list that have a book that i read all right and then nine remember the titans same thing you said integration great movie i think it is it's the second highest ranking football movie on this list of mine yeah. Um, my next one, uh, you may not consider it to be a sports movie, but I'm putting it on here. And it's The Karate Kid. I have it at number nine. Great movie. Um, some great lines. Wax on, wax off. Um, uh, obviously very famous. Great job by the calf. Ralph Macchio, obviously very great actor and became very famous. Just a great movie about this kid, you know, moves to this new place in California gets bullied and then goes to the sky gets a girlfriend and goes goes to this karate master to beat a kid up um in a karate championship yeah i i do i do have karate kid it's a bit lower down on my list or further up however you want to think about it but i got i already said my number nine so i'm going to say my number eight i have a league of their own Ooh, i have that a little bit lower yeah i have a league of their own obviously it's an excellent baseball movie some iconic lines, no crying in baseball, just a great movie. Yeah, uh, another great line in it that we may not may not be able to say on this now, but um, you may know what it is. I'll say yeah. I'll talk about that when I get to there because I have some good stuff to say about that. But my um, um, my number eight is a great movie. It's Rudy. Um, um, obviously, forgot about, kid, forgot about Rudy. That's, that's um, another one I left yeah, off. Yeah, this this kid who um grows up a Notre Dame fan gets on the practice gets on the practice team, and oh, just wants to prove to his family that he's on the team. Um, um, and so all the all the players on the team, you know, forfeit their spot in the lineup so that he can get a chance to dress up, and then they eventually choose one he gets on. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is Friday Night Lights. I mean, 
S- small small town Texas high school football story. Just I, I just small town high school football small town Texas high school football story. I think it's a great movie. Go represent their town in the state championships. Beat the heavy favorites. You know. Powerful movie, star player gets injured. Just a great yeah. football movie. You know something, this may sound crazy, but I have never seen Friday Night Lights. You need to watch it. Yeah, I know. You that's a, it's an excellent movie. Um my next one is is um I'd say I mean I've one of I've one above it that you could kind of consider a comedy, but this is definitely um and even two you could possibly consider a comedy, but this is my high lowest one on my list. That's definitely like you consider this is a comedy, and that's Major League, amazing baseball movie, some great lines. You know, n- not gonna say some of them on here, but uh, it's just a hilarious movie. Cleveland Indians, terrible team. This owner wants to move to Florida and she has to, she gets a really, and she can, if she gets like a really low attendance. So she hires this bad coach and a bunch of players that no one wants and they end up doing well and making the playoffs. This again, I've never seen, I've never seen major league. It's always, it's always on the off season on MLB network. I've just never sat down and watched it. You you have to watch it. I, yeah. I'll, I'll watch Friday night lights and you'll watch major league. All right. So my my number six is Glory Road. You have in your honorable mentions. I think that's a bit disrespectful. It's you had Hoosiers in your honorable mentions. I, I Glory Road number six. I think it's an excellent movie. Great, powerful story about racial problems, and yeah, white coach, all black starting five, win the national championship. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. So my next one is one that you've already had, and that's A League of Their Own. I said I'd talk about it later. Obviously, just an amazing uh, Tom Hanks performance. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies, he plays the coach that originally isn't too high on the idea, but brings this women's baseball team to the championship. They end up losing. but uh, yeah, And then there are these two sisters that you know go on the road, and one of them gets traded. And, yeah. Yeah, my number my number five. I doubt you have this on your list, but it's Invictus. I don't know if I consider it a sports movie. It's borderline. Nelson Mandela and the South African rugby team, and it's a whole story about race and the controversy surrounding Nelson Mandela, and a South African team ends up winning the World Cup, the oh, rugby World Cup. I I've never seen that one. Um, yeah, I'll say. Um, I, I forgot to mention one of my honorable mentions, and that's a movie called Cool Runnings. Um, Jamaican bobsled team just goes and uh, makes the Olympics. But real quick, so my number five, that was an honorable mention that I forgot to mention. My number five is my next one. That is a book that I've read that was then turned into a movie, and that's Moneyball. Um, great Brad Pitt performance, obviously, about – a true story about Billy Bean, the Oakland A's general manager, who, you know, hired this guy um, to use, you know, analysts and baseball statistics based on on-base percentage to win 101 games when you don't have 
um, a high budget. And it's crazy, you know, it's about them trying to outcompete the teams with the high budgets like the Yankees and the Red Sox. And it's a very good movie. I, it's another movie I forgot about. All right, my number four, you already mentioned it, but Karate Kid, I think. Me, I, I watched the third season of Cobra Kai recently. Uh, I think that kind of that kind of pushed up Karate Kid on my list. I've I never really seen Cobra Kai. You should watch it. I really like the show, and I rewatched Karate Kid because of it, and I think I pushed it far up on my list. Yeah, Karate Kid's a great movie. All right, my number four, preposterous that you had it in your honorable mentions. Can't believe it. Hoosiers, just in my opinion, undisputably the best basketball movie of all time. It's an amazing movie. Great performance by the cast. Obviously, the small town coach who goes into Indi- who goes into Indiana high school basketball. Which, by the way, Indiana high school basketball is like high school football in the South. Yeah. They care more about it than the NBA, or at least they used to. And so he goes in. And he doesn't start doing well, and so they want to get him fired. But it ends up that this um, really good kid that stopped playing that year says he'll only play if the coach stays. So then they go, they do well, and they um, end up winning the state championship. Yeah, I think I need to rewatch Hoosiers because I haven't seen it in a while. First watched it, I was like seven, so I'll rewatch that. Seven-year-old Gabe was not interested. No. At my number three, I have maybe a little controversial you would have it this low, but I have Rocky. No, I, I'm Rocky's my number three too. Alright, I have Rocky. I'm one of the most well known movies of all time. You got Apollo Creed, Rocky Balboa, all this other storylines going on. So yeah. um, ends up Rocky- losing, but yeah. Love prevails. I mean, Rocky is definitely the best um, franchise of all time because Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, four great movies. I mean, when I say Rocky's number three, I'm considering it as the whole franchise. Um, and so, obviously, Sylvester Stallone, great performance. Rocky Balboa, the small-time boxer who's also a loan shark who goes up and trains to be to fight Apollo Creed. Um, heavyweight champion, and he loses out of a draw, out of a judge's decision. But in the end, and then in the second Rocky, he then goes and beats Apollo Creed, and there's the story of his trainer, who's this old Jewish dude who um, trains him, and he's old, and you gotta fight, as he would say. But um, but he's a, it's really funny. And then you know, I, I love his. His cousin Polly, um, he's just this old, this old drunk dude always, and then of course the love story between him and Adrian. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, at my number two, I have Field of Dreams. Me too. Yeah, I think just such a great movie. It was the first. It was one of the first movies I remember watching and extremely enjoying while watching. Yeah, it's one of the first ones me too. The first movie I remember watching and enjoying is my number one. But um Yeah, I think it's just something about it. It's just so good. All the field and the comic lines. Evil come. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, Field of Dreams, my number two as well. This small town Iowa farmer who loves baseball, ne- um, never really got to love his dad, never really like loved his dad and had a good time, never really liked him or had a good time with him. And obviously marries this woman and has a kid, moves to Iowa, becomes a farmer. W- one day in the field, start hearing a voice saying, if he build it, if you build it, he will come thinks he has to build a baseball thing field so that shoeless Joe Jackson will come back um, and a bunch of old players come back and eventually he finds out it meant if you build it your dad will come and he got to play I'll say out of all these out of all of these movies I have never been as emotional watching a movie than at the end when he plays catch with his dad yeah, I, I don't get, I don't really, I'm not the type of person who like cries or really gets sad over movies, but Field of Dreams is a very emotional movie, excellent movie. So I'll move on to my number one. I think it's, I think it's your number one too. Yeah. It's Sandlot. Of course. Yeah. yeah. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. So many iconic lines, memories, just everything. Just, just everything about it is so perfect to me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those movies that's not true anymore, but it's just one of those old baseball movies that's just like the innocence of baseball, you know? And it's like, honestly, my favorite, like, don't get me wrong, the whole story with the beast and stuff is amazing. My favorite part of that movie is just in, just in the beginning when there are a bunch of kids having fun playing ball, okay? Yeah. Like, it's just these kids who they have their, you know, their sandlot, and they go, and all they do is play baseball. And then this kid, Scotty Smalls, comes from Newintown, isn't good at baseball, and comes in, learns how to play from Benny the Jet Rodriguez, but not not the Jet then. then. Yeah. And then they lose Babe, a Babe Ruth sign ball that was his dad's, and then they have to go over a junkyard fence behind this supposedly mean old guy. Um, and then you find out later he's not so mean and get the ball back. It's just a great movie. I'll find it hilarious that in Field of Dreams and The Sandlot, one of the biggest characters, I wouldn't say he's one of the biggest characters in The Sandlot, but he's an important character, both played by James Earl Jones, and he hates baseball. I really? find it hilarious that he hates I didn't, baseball. I didn't know that. That's, kind yeah. of, that's ironic that two of my favorite sports movies, which are both baseball movies, yeah. have a semi, well, Field of Dreams, a big role, and in Sandlot, a semi-big role. The actor that hates baseball. I forgot to mention, and I will mention, it, it's it's not like a passionate sports movie, but it's just really funny. It's just stupid humor, but it's Benchwarmers. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you you showed that to me. Yeah, um, and it, it's just it, it it it's clear, just comedy. It's just funny. That's all it is. Yeah, um, that's a good one. So um, this is. Um, I, um, oh yeah. Yeah. So we have our second part here of our top of our rankings Friday. We have our top 10 favorite sports video games of all time. Both of us, we're not, not passionate gamers, but we play a fair amount of sports video games ourselves. So and I would like to be clear when we're doing this, we're not saying what's better, Madden or 2K. We're saying like it's, specific games. Right, it's individual games. It's not the 2K franchise as a whole. It's specific 2Ks, stuff like yeah. that. So I'll start off with my number 10 here. Call me crazy, man. Wii Sports. 
that's my number ten as well. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, nothing's better than not, no, when when right. you're when you're in kindergarten. Nothing's better than hopping on some Wii Sports with your friends. Right. One of my earliest memories of playing any yeah. sort of video game was Wii Sports. That's I never owned a Wii. Stuff. I never owned a Wii, but I I I always used to go to my our good friend Leo's house and play. Yeah. Play Wii Sports and a game that is lower well, on I th- here. I- I think but, you. I think you also came to your good friend Rafi's house to play some Wii Sports. Occasionally, occasionally, but, yeah. but I, I have another Wii game that is a bit bit lower on the list. Um. Yeah, my number nine is Wii Sports Resort. Um. Uh. Actually, no. Hold on. My number eight. My number nine is MLB The Show 15. MLB The Show 15. That was a last second change. I I feel like I'll move down Wii Sports Resort to number eight. Um, MLB The Show 15, great game. Yasiel Puig on the cover. It was, it was not the, it was, you could tell, like, the first year that they really introduced, like, the modern type of Diamond Dynasty was MLB The Show 16, and MLB The Show 15 just kind of set the roading block for 16 and kind of had some minor changes that really set up 16. Right. My number nine I only have one MLB The Show game on this list because I don't have a PlayStation, so I rarely play it. But my number nine, I have NBA Jam. Just classic video game. Play it on almost anything. Used to play it all the time on, on my phone. But yeah, super fun. That's a good game. I don't have it on here. Classic um, arcade game. Yeah. I'll say my number eight is Wii Sports Resort. Um I mean, Wii Sports Resort is just Wii Sports, but better with a bunch more games. I mean, I loved how my, I mean, obviously, like, when you're little, your parents hate any kind of fighting. And then it was just so fun to sword fight my brother in Wii Sports Resort. And also just the bowling, the basketball. It was all fun. It was just, you know, coming home in kindergarten to play some Wii Sports Resort was awesome. Yeah. I, at my number eight now, if we move on, I have a classic backyard baseball, Pablo Sanchez, the legend, super fun. I, I think I put I put backyard baseball on here over back. You know, I'm going to combine. I'm just going to say the backyard sports games as a whole. Put backyard baseball on here, left out backyard football, and I'm going to combine the two and just say backyard sports games as a whole with Pablo Sanchez and the crew. I just realized there's one that I completely forgot on this list that if you don't mind, I'm going to quickly add here. And I'll no say problem. that it's going to be my next one, which is number seven. So I'm sorry, but kick off Wii Sports to the honorable mentions. I know it's sad in our hearts to do that. But move everything down one. And then my number seven will be um, um, Madden 20. I think it was actually I- – people criticize it. People criticized it. I think it was actually a good game. Um, I think they introduced a lot. It was definitely my favorite Ultimate Team ever. They introduced a lot of new stuff. And, um, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was a pretty good game. I think my problem with Madden 20, it was very experimental. So there were a lot of bugs and glitches and abilities that are way overpowered abilities that do nothing so i think yeah. madden 20 was seen as a kind of an experimental year so i was really excited for madden 21 but madden 21 in my opinion is just they not didn't that make great any changes. yeah so i was really excited i thought it was going to be seen experimental 
they'll figure out what's wrong. They'll make it a lot better for Madden 21, and it just wasn't. So I think I mean, they, they made one better thing in Madden 21, and that's that Lamar was on the cover. Yeah. All right. So move on to my number seven here. I have my first of two NBA 2K games. I have NBA 2K 11. Um, it was – so I have a story to tell. A couple years ago, we went to Los Angeles, as we do over winter break, to visit family. And the, the rental house we were staying in had a PlayStation 3 in, in my room, which was pretty cool. I was like, all right, that's, that's cool. And there are two games. It had NBA 2K11 and a game that is lower on my list that I'm not going to say yet. But NBA 2K11, I played it for that one week we were there. I played it a lot. And it was really fun. And yeah. I eventually want to get get it on an Xbox 360 and plug in my old Xbox yeah. 360 and play that, it again. Uh, yeah, I have that a little lower on my list. So this is actually um, number, well, I guess it's, um, number eight for me because or no number seven it's number seven just kick we sports off because it was 10 would be 15 nine we sports resort yeah okay so seven um uh i have mlb the show 16 like i said before this was really the the one that i have next is the one that they really you know sealed it put the stamp on for the future of Diamond Dynasty. They're not going to have to make too many more changes. But this is really the one that they started making Diamond Dynasty the biggest mode and really start it. They introduced Battle Royale, which is a really fun mode, and introduced different types of cards. And, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. I buy number six now. I have one that I, I don't think you have on here, but I have Skate 3. On, on here, it's the I don't know when Skate Four is coming out, but it's the newest so far of the Skate series. I don't, yeah. I don't skateboard, I don't know how to skateboard, but it's just so fun, just jumping off massive ledges and doing cool tricks. Yeah, I I played that a little bit on the computer at one point, but um, I I, I never really got too into it. Yeah, again, I I don't skateboard, I don't know how to skateboard. But just something about just jumping off massive ledges, doing all these cool tricks, making making your guy break his ribs, which is so fun to me. Um, so then my number six is, like I said before, show six, it started it. This year was really the year they sealed it. They had an idea for what they were going to do for Diamond Dynasty, and they didn't add everything they were going to do, but they started it. And in the next year after it, they really – um, sealed the deal, but this is MLB The Show 19. Um, and they th- they really started a bunch of stuff. They upgraded ranked seasons a lot. They added the inning programs, which is the biggest programs in MLB The Show. And um, it was a very good year. Yeah. All right. Move on to my number five here. I have NCAA 13, the last of the NCAA games. Super fun nostalgic um i wish i still had xbox 360 live so that i could play with updated rosters but i can't so the 2012-13 rosters but it's fun to see all these guys in the nfl in college and stuff like that last the ncaa games hopefully they'll bring them back eventually i just realized that i forgot that but that would probably be my number two if i had remembered it um, so I'll just say that that would be my number two, but I'll just leave them off for the sake of time and stuff. 
but that would be my number two. But I'll say just continuing with this list, um, NBA 2K11. First year they added like a lot of legends. Michael Jordan came in. The shooting was amazing. There was no meter, but like it was a very good shooting engine, and um, it was a very good year. Yeah, my number four now out of my second of the NBA 2K games. I have NBA 2K15, which was, I believe, was that the one with James Harden and KD and Steph, or was that 16? Was that 15? Was I'm pretty sure 50, 15 was, I think, Kevin Durant, Steph, and Harden. That's what I said. Yeah. You said Jay. No, Kevin Durant, Steph. Here, I'll look it up. Yeah. Whatever, whoever it was, that was the first 2K game I played oh, on no, it Modern. Was, it was just Kevin Durant. On it was just Kevin Durant. Yeah. First 2K game I played on a Modern console on my Xbox One. Super, super fun game. Super. I just an all-around great 2K. I think it, the reason I have it so high on this list is because I played it all the time. It was like one of the only games I had on my Xbox one when I first got it. That, the game that is lower down on my list. Um, yeah, that one's a little lower on my list, but I have NBA 2K16 there. 16 was a great game. I'll say 15 and 16 had the same shooting engine, and that was the best. They should have never changed it. That was the best shooting engine they've ever had. And the reason I have 16 here is, A, the shooting engine, and, B, it was the my career. It was – it. I mean, my park is great now in the neighborhood and in the beach and the city, but the actual my career and the storyline was easily best 16. There was high school, which was fun. Then you went to college, and that with some – not like – with the real players that were there last year and got drafted that year, so like Kelly Oubre on Kansas for that year, and then and um and then you went to the NBA and it was a really fun story mode. Right. Okay. Move on here to my number three. I have my two of two Wii games here. I have Mario Super Sluggers. It is a legendary baseball game. I would not let anyone say it's bad, but you draft your team with all these Mario characters and. Bowser was the best, and you would you'd play it like hey, Wii Sports. Hey, don't you'd pitch, dis- don't you'd, disrespect you'd, Donkey Kong, Gabe. Bowser was the best. You'd pitch it, you'd pitch it like Wii Sports. You'd hit it like Wii Sports, but it was just with Mario can- characters, which made it even better. Gosh, again, I lo- I forgot that on my list. That would be here, too. Uh, just know that Mario Sluggers and NTA 13 would be on my list, but for the sake of time, I'm not doing that because I don't want to have to reorder everything. But my number three is Madden 12. Madden 12 was so fun. I mean, it was the there was a 5v5 mode that you would just go and play with everyone. And the 5v5 mode was so fun. And it was just like back. It was basically like backyard football. It was so awesome. I remember playing. That was like one of my first real games that I liked after ReSports. Um, after we sports and we sports resort, now I, I just have distinct memories of playing with the Ravens with Joe Flacco, Tory Smith, and you know, controversy. I don't like him, but then we didn't know about it. But Ray Rice, right? Um, was it was Madden Twelve the one with Paris Hilton on the cover? Um, I don't think so. Oh, look I, it up. If it was, that ruined his career. Just saying. So. But oh, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That Paris Hilton's one of the most interesting players in football. Yeah, Anyways, move move on here to my 
Number two, it is the show 09. Same reason I have NBA 2K11 on this list. But PS3, Vacation, House, so much fun. I hate the Phillies, but my dad would always play as the Phillies for whatever reason. Cause, but they had Ryan Howard and they had Chase Utley and they had all these old players and then Nationals were horrible. But still really fun game. Awesome to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never played that game, but you're really making me I really screwed up on this list. Now I've forgotten three games that would have been on here. That's NCAA football, Mario Super Suckers, and not that, but that made me reminded me of MLB two K twelve, which was a really fun game. But again, for the sake of time, I'm not gonna reorder everything. So my number two is NBA two K fifteen. You already mentioned it before. The shooting meter was the best it's ever had, like I said before, because it was the same as sixteen. And that year was just all about my team. The my team was so fun. They introduced pink diamonds. And you know, I remember there was this pink diamonds Dominique Wilkins that was insane. And that was just a that was a really fun game. All right, move on to my number one. It is the game that made me fall in love with the sport of soccer. It's the game I have most on my Xbox One right next to me right here. It is FIFA 17. It is by far the best FIFA. The gameplay was excellent. The, the ultimate team was excellent. They introduced the journey, which was their like long shot Madden career mode style thing, which was really fun. And it was just all around a great game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a soccer fan, so I've never really gotten the FIFAs. But from what I've heard from my friends who are soccer fans is that their favorite is generally FIFA 15. But I'm not going to touch on that because, um, you know, I don't I don't play FIFA. So my number one is this game that this game has single-handedly gotten – no offense, Gabe, no offense. You, you know, you're a friend. You've gotten me through quarantine talking to you on FaceTime. But – this this is the video game that most single-handedly by video games wise got me through quarantine. That's MLB The Show 20. I mean, I grinded this year so hard. I mean, I got so good at this game. 99 Larry Walker. 99, I mean, Ronald Acuna wasn't hard to get. Okay, but I got, I grinded this year so hard. And the gameplay was so good. And it was so fun. The Diamond Dynasty was amazing. So many building blocks. Bad Oriel, ranked seasons. I mean, this year was just so awesome. And it was easily my favorite video game of all time. This this is the game. I liked MLB The Show before, but this is the game that made me fall in love with Diamond Dynasty. Yeah. All right. So that that wraps up our James Harden trade overview and our rankings. First ever rankings Friday. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Hopefully we will see you next time. Check out our Instagram at All Star Sports Podcast, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, at All Star Sports Podcast. At All Star Sports Podcast. Website, allstarsportspod.com. And then, yeah, that, that's all I have to say. Thank you all for watching. Hope to see you next time. Peace out.